Welcome one, welcome all, to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume. I have no idea. You can listen to us on any one of the SB Nation NFC East blog podcast networks. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, write a review to your preferred one, and then hop across to a different leave a rating, write a review for them as well. You can also watch this on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog on the boys YouTube channel where I think you saw an awkward moment of silence. We didn't know exactly when we were starting. I say we. My name is Arjo Chow from blog on the boys. He is Brandon Lee gotten from bleeding green nation blg uh what is your favorite thing about threads so far i mean i'm in a i'm in a bad mood rj kind of grumpy because of this because of all this nonsense going on didn't have to ruin twitter um but i guess it is what it is and now there's threads there's blue sky there's mastodon there's all this stuff follow me and all of it i don't know i'm not even i think i'm on blue sky and i'm on threads so far but like i really just don't want to look at it and open up different apps opening up one app is enough that that already takes enough effort and time and also i'm someone who insanely to to a detriment um like i think i've said this before i don't know here maybe elsewhere and by the way it's episode 119 of the mixtape uh volume number i should say i read every single tweet every single day like i need to look at every (laughs) single thing so i can't do I want to curse. Don't curse on the show. I want to curse. I can't do multiple apps and tracking all that. And like, how do I know there's something important on one? It's like, I need one app, super app to follow all the other apps. It's just, it's too frustrating. So I'm not really feeling great. Um, My friend, Mike in college and I, um, this was like a long time ago, which makes me sad, but um, we once tried to communicate um, like on on a single day through as many different platforms as we could. So it was like, okay, like, well, yeah, we called and sent a text message and sent an email. Then, like, I think we were like tweeting at each other back then. I don't think we were like like DMing wasn't as popular of a thing. Um, you know, like there was all like it was a cool thing. But now, like now, it would be incredibly overwhelming. To your point, um, you like, and I make it very. Know, how do you know if someone like sends you a message on something? Like, oh, I didn't check that. And I, I'm not. I'm also someone who doesn't have notifications on in my phone except for like text. And like very few things because you can just get inundated. I feel like you turn notifications on and then it's consuming you because you're looking at your phone. And also I feel like I look at my phone enough to where I don't need notifications. because I'm looking at it so much anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want another reason to then look at it when I'm already looking at it so much. So yeah, I'm complaining a lot, but it, it's it sucks well um so a few things uh one brandon and i make it very simple for you the loyal listener or viewer he is on twitter instagram and threads at brandon gowden i am on twitter instagram and threads at rj ochoa just our our first and last names nice and simple easy peasy lemon squeezy that's that we're going to turn that frown upside down brandon second bit of a programming note for the listeners we told them on our dumpster fire series episode which thank you all for the wonderful comments on um, that we would be recording this well ahead of time. We normally record on uh, Tuesdays, um, which is the day before. No, yeah, Tuesday, right? Record the day before. Yes, I, I'm lost on time. We normally record on Tuesdays. We're actually recording this on Thursday, July the 6th for release Wednesday, July the 12th. So if something massive happens in the NFC East between now and then, which it probably won't, um, we'll have you covered on each respective team site, but obviously not on this episode. Uh, I'm traveling to California, super excited about it. And Brandon was cool enough to, um, to jump on early, uh, BLG, we're going to do our all NFC East team offensive edition today, uh, which is going to be very exciting. But before we do, I do have a review. I mentioned that people can subscribe, leave a rating and write a review. Uh, it's kind of long. So we're going to, going to have to like rush through this a little bit because we're tight on time, um, in real life. Uh, but it comes to us on the blog of the boys side of things. It is from Dave H 45. Uh, 
it might be. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Dave's attached to the number 45. Um, I'll ask him, but five star rating. Um, and it is titled NFC East Mixtape Question. It actually says June 26th. I don't know how I missed this. But here we go. What's up, guys? Thought this would be a fun exercise. Would you swap out the rivals thing with your teams? So RJ would swap with the Eagles. BLG would swap with the Cowboys. So we'll just go yes or no. Uniforms, no for me. No. Coaching staffs, no for me. I don't no. Like me. Yeah. Rosters, including quarterback. No. No. Yeah. Uh, stadium, I wouldn't. Maybe you would. I wouldn't. Yes. Oh, we got our first. Yes. Quarterback. I wouldn't, but no. I understand if some would. Um, owner. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you, you, well, I think for the, your sake as a, what you do in your job, it's very, Jerry Jones is very good for you content wise. Yeah. As opposed uh, to Lurie, whom he talks like maybe once or twice a year. But and you're talking about like team success, then you're yeah, probably you are. There's a there's a lot to this. I will say I believe that Jerry Jones loves the Cowboys and wants them to succeed but he also loves a lot of things and those get in his own way so that one's like a half yes for me um wide receiver room the room maybe no. I think I would the room right now I would so yeah you would I wouldn't um I like this one number eight attitude slash funness of the <laughs> fan base and then in parentheses it says how they react no. after loss how they troll intensity no. level except no I don't want any I don't want to be a part of that I, don't, I want nothing to do with that so no thank you uh, number nine, organizational philosophy and direction. No. If you had asked me this even a year ago, I would have said absolutely. But I'm willing to trust the Cowboys more mm. based on the way they've acted this offseason. So I'm not ready to jump ship. Uh, finally, number 10, all pass rushers. Absolutely not. No. That was cool. That was fun. I like that idea. Um, it involves kind of looking at each other's stuff and saying like, you know, I, I so like I this I only coach. took the stadium, I think. That was your, <laughs> yeah. Uh, why? What is your biggest gripe, I guess, with the link? I don't hate the link. I just think that, um, and some people like, you know, the idea of snow and whatever weather games and outdoors, but uh, I don't know. I think, you know, the, well, I think part of my problem with the link and then the Eagles midnight green jerseys is I think they very much are symbolized the time they were built in or established, which is like early two thousands. Whereas, you know, the Cowboy stadium is obviously newer. It's got that big screen, which I I've never seen in person, but think it'd be cool to see. Although it's kind of dumb when it the, the inter interferes with the punting and whatnot. Um, but you know, I think the stadium seems to be pretty cool. And also like Jimmy talks about how good the press box is and the Mac and cheese and everything. So I selfishly, I would get to experience that, uh, more if I had that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for anyone who hasn't been, it's locale is also really cool. Like it's near, uh, well, both Rangers ballparks now. I don't know if you knew the Rangers have a new one. That's like literally like right across the street from their old one. It's near, uh, six flags. Like it's just, it's a fun vibe. It's a cool atmosphere. Like there's no, like absolutely nothing beats like a, a cool, crisp November day when it's like just cold enough that you can kind of feel it on your face. You know what I'm talking about? But it's sunny. Um, and you're walking up to the stadium, it rules, it rocks. So, okay, let's get to it. The 2023 All NFC East Team Offensive Edition. If it isn't obvious, we will do defense next week, and then we'll do um, obviously the special teams after because they are a part of the game. When we do the special teams episode, we didn't talk about this, Brandon. I think we'll save the, the coaching staffs for that. We'll do head coach, sure. offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator then as well. GM. This is this is just yeah, this is just players, maybe owners, who knows? Stadiums, maybe. Anyway, uh, first up on the docket, quarterback. Uh, so if you're new to here, new to this, what we're doing is picking among all NFC East teams. And so in this case, we have to pick a singular quarterback. We're putting together an offense in 11 personnel. So we need three wide receivers. We need one running back, one tight end, 
five offensive linemen. We'll get to that. We had some discussion on that pre-show. But the quarterback position, do you want to go first? Should I go first? I think this is going to be pretty obvious uh, nonetheless. It has to be Jalen Hurts. I think you can say that you think Dak Prescott might be better in 2023. You can say you, you, you might believe that can happen. But as it stands right now, you can't say that he should be ranked above Jalen Hurts, especially coming off the season that he is. And also given the trajectory of Jalen Hurts, I've mentioned a lot of times he doesn't even turn 25 until like August here. So in theory, like I don't even know. Like, statistically, you might say, okay, he's due to regress. Sure. And there is some truth to that. We've covered that already here on the podcast. But in terms of like, he, he could still theoretically like get better. Like he's, I don't think he's hit his ceiling by any means. So uh, you have to go with not just what he's done, but also I think the upside uh, and the way he's trending as well. And I mean, he's the best quarterback in the conference. It's Jalen Hurts. So I haven't said this, but I think um, we've been doing some videos on our YouTube channel um, that have been a training camp preview series and kind of looking at position by position. And when I was talking about the cornerbacks, I was talking about Trayvon Diggs. And I said that I thought he was a better player last year, even though he didn't have the interceptions. Right. And I think that, um, like, I think people hear what you said and like, it's possible that Jalen Hurts gets better. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's impossible. Like he had this like stupid, amazing, you know, statistical season. Like he could be a better quarterback, you know what I mean? W- without like having as much statistical success. I know that that sounds stupid and, and people don't want to like understand that kind of thing. So yeah, he can totally become a better passer, a better reader, a better like field general, whatever verbiage you want to assign to it without the like amazing statistical volume production that he had in 2023 uh the answer is definitely Jalen Hurts um just to be very clear that's my vote for this um obviously it's not apples to apples to compare their careers because Dak has been a top whatever you want to call it quarterback for a long stretch of time you've mentioned Jalen's the best quarterback in the conference again I think it's amazing that Dak is the longest tenured starting quarterback in the NFL right and for the most part, all that time, he's been a top 10 at worst quarterbacks. So you're talking about a very long time here up against, you know, what, a, not even a two-year sample size, two full years, I guess, if you if you really want to say and stretch it out. Um, and I also think that Jalen Hurts' 2022 season is better than any season that we've ever seen Dak Prescott have. So yeah. you're, you're taking, like, what what is the peak from, you know, the peak belongs to Jalen. Um, and we'll see. Like, like the, the matters that, like, I think you would hold against Jalen are – probable maybe if you want to argue that but they're not real yet right they're not objective they're, they're all speculative oh yeah he, he's probably going to regress he's probably going to throw more picks he's probably going to run less whatever those are all still unknown commodities to me which is why he's the answer it's also a level of we and we talked about this with jimmy kemsky a little bit on the dumpster diving episode like that kind of is what he is to some extent at this point by virtue of it's gonna be 30 later this month and, you know, he's played in the NFL since, what, 2016 now. Um, he's had multiple injuries. Like, I don't know that, you know, that there's really an ascension to be had here. It's not impossible. I think some guys have had, you know, better years later on in their careers. But if you look at the general trajectory of things, I think he's kind of is relatively is what he is. And that's not necessarily a put down. You know, he has played at a level where you'll take what he is uh, to some extent. But it's not like, OK, there's, there's this like this great ceiling here that's left to be reached. And uh, you have to wonder about that. Whereas, you know, again, Jalen Hurts, I mean, go, don't go back and watch the Super Bowl because that sounds painful if you're an Eagles fan. Maybe more so you'll enjoy it if you're a Cowboys fan. But Hurts was awesome in that game, man. And that's like, it's a pretty big deal to go up in against the Chiefs and Mahomes in that spot and didn't get it done. Obviously, he dropped the ball, cost him the game in some ways. But you know, like outside of that, which is a big outside of that, but he was like, he was awesome in that game. He saved his best football really for like the biggest game of the year. 
And moving forward, I think that gives you confidence. Like, okay, this guy can be a championship winning caliber quarterback. We've seen him like show up on a really big stage uh, as a passer and a, and a dynamic weapon. Uh, and you have to feel good about that. Um, so last question, and then we'll move on to the running back. Um, you are somebody who always asks this question and I really like it is what is the precedent, but uh, you won't like this question, but like, what is the precedent for the fall off, right? Like, like if this truly was this like one-off cast off, you know, outlier sort of year for Jalen Hurts' career, if that winds up being the case, who is the precedent for that, that we've seen that from? Like, just like a, a one, like, oh my gosh, this dude, like, like hit, hit, you know, hit it. And he was, he was amazing. And then like kind of, you know, dissipated and fell off. I mean, it's hard to say to the extent of going to the Super Bowl or being uh, maybe. Yeah, like it's it's never going to be exact. But like, what is a similar, you know, situation? Well, just even in Eagles history, like Nick Foles, there's been quarterbacks and I'm not talking about the Super Bowl Mm. run. Nick Foles, I'm talking about like 2013 Nick Foles. There's been Mm, quarterbacks seven, seven touchdown game. Yeah. In Eagles history uh, who've had or in NFL history too, like who have that one good year, you know, look at Case Keenum. Like it's not super hard for quarterbacks to have like one good year that can happen but it's about stacking it and showing you can have staying power that's much harder to do and that's like one of the next big challenges for Jalen Hurts the example that I thought of was RG3's rookie year right like and it that just happened to be his rookie year, and then like it was like were you ever scared of RG3 after that like no you know what I mean it was just like really like a one-year thing uh, the other example that was a good example with Case Keenum but was um, was Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015 with the Jets? Remember when I, I think they won, went too. ten and six, and and they missed the playoffs. But he had Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and everybody. And then he remember he held out and they paid him, and then it just like fell all the way apart. It's like um, mm. again, this was this was an extreme level of success. Like that was just kind of moderate success. Uh, but that was what I thought. Of. So okay, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback here. Time for the running back discussion. So we didn't really go through the quarterback options, but I think there are only two real contenders here. Um, and it's Tony Pollard and Saquon Barkley. And so mm-hmm. it's a matter of like who you believe in. Like, do you believe in Saquon kind of establishing himself long term again? Do you believe in the higher potential of Tony Pollard and him coming back from the injury? But I don't know disrespect. I don't think Brian Robinson is, is a real case here. I don't think Rashad Penny or DeAndre Swift are really in the conversation. It's really down to Pollard and Barkley. I think it has to be Saquon. And I mean, Pollard's coming off this like serious injury. He's also hasn't really proven at any level again something we talked talk about with jimmy in the dumpster episode about he doesn't have any kind of real extensive track record of being a volume back in saquon does if we're building this nfc east mixtape all-star team like it's in theory it's not just for one game i feel like we're building like a season-long kind of thing and i think you trust saquon like saquon has proven he can be a, a workhorse like he has proven that um so and he did bounce back a little bit last year. I think certainly more than you and I expected him to. We actually had Saquon still as our uh, running back last year uh, over Zeke. Uh, I have my the results from last year uh, here as well to compare and contrast. But yeah, I think it has to be Saquon. I know we can talk about Pollard because his efficiency is really good, but the injury scares me and the fact that he's never been a true volume back. I just I can't give that to him here. So. Um... Have you noticed that Stathead has a new versus tool? Have you played with this at all? No. It's really cool. Um, Like you can pick obviously two or more and you can stack them up instead of like, I mean, we can all do this but like by hand, but it's really kind of handy. Um, I'll send you a screenshot in a little bit of how it looks. So this is Saquon versus Tony Pollard, like just head to head stats comparison, whatever. So in their careers, Tony, do you know Tony Pollard's played more games 
I mean, I don't know that that's like shocking, shocking. I mean, he was drafted one year later, but still, uh, he's played 62 games to Saquon's 60. Um, Saquon has 954 rushing attempts to Tony Pollard's 510. So you're talking about almost twice as much. Um, obviously, he has almost twice as many yards. He has 4,200 to Tony Pollard's 2,600. Tony Pollard has 5.1 yards per carry to Saquon's 4.5. Mm-hmm. Um, Pollard, I'm sorry, Barkley has him beat on rushing touchdowns, certainly receptions. Um, has almost twice as many receiving yards. Pollard has him edged out on yards per reception. Uh, pa- Pollard's limited action as a returner um, has him beat out as well. Um, the totality of who they've been, obviously, over their careers um, is, you know, it, it leans in favor of Barkley. But if we isolate this to just 2019 through 2022, which A, removes Saquon's amazing rookie season, and B only looks at Pollard's career. Um, it still favors Barkley a little bit in terms of overall production, but since just 2019, and Barkley's missed a lot of time since then. Um, Barkley has 2,900 rushing yards. Pollard has 2,600. And keep in mind, obviously, he wasn't a featured back in that time. I would bet on Pollard's upside. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's that's where I feel. Like, the I'm, injury, I'm, really. Well, what, are, is Saquon the beacon of health? Is that is that like he's your not coming here? off of like a massive injury directly? But he's coming off this massive workload. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the Pollard's and so not is like, Pollard relative to him, relative to his career, what he's it's done not before. Massive. No, it, I relative think, to yes, it is relative to what he's proven he can be handled before. I think I'm I'm fine saying Saquon as far as like if we're and we should base it off of like the most recent results like or lean more heavily off of 2022. Saquon had an amazing season, and we both eaten a lot of crow about that. But I do want to differentiate and say, if I were drafting, I would draft Pollard. I, I would I would much prefer Pollard for the future than Saquon. Again, if it was one game, I think you could take Pollard. But this, I don't think it's just about one game. I think we're building like a team that, in theory, is like you know going out and playing a season. Like you're entering a season with this lineup. Um, again, I'm I'm approaching the exercise more differently. Like you said, all stars. Like that's how I'm kind of doing. It. I'm like yeah. awarding. I'm handing out like all star votes, not like four. Well, it's not like a game. Total. I'm not saying an all star game. I'm saying like. Like the best, you're going into the season with the best possible team is my vision for this. So the next subject, so we've established Jalen Hurts running back. I'm sorry. Uh, well, some people would say running back, but so Jalen Hurts quarterback, I mean, Saquon Barkley, uh, Saquon Barkley running back. Um, so you wanted to do, and I think we should flesh this out. You wanted to do left tackle do this left every guard. year. I feel like, well, like we should consider it like, no, like who's truly the best. Like that's my, I think yeah, we should every do, position. I think we should pick two tackles, two guards and a center you want to do it this way because lane johnson is baked into the right tackle arc that's not true i don't want to do it that's totally because if if we pick the two best tackles in the the nfc player from every position in the nfc east it's very simple but that's not like practice that's football that's all-star well if that's football then tyron smith is eligible at right tackle because like he had to go play the position right like i agree like then anyone's eligible anywhere put him over lane johnson but like that that's like saying anyone is eligible any well, I can argue against Lane Johnson because sure. he's gonna get hurt too. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the problem. Like I mean I, Lane that's Johnson why like does not miss nearly as much if, time as Tyron if this Smith is, has. If this is an all-star ballot, which is how I look at it, I think it should be two tackles, two guards, and a center. I think that makes From the, the most same team? sense. No, no, no. I'm saying we we're picking the two tackles for the NFC East all-star team. That's what I'm saying. But we're picking two tackles from the division. So like it could seem like theoretically it could be two left tackles or two right. No, tackles. I mean they their ability to play right tackle is important. But it's an all star team. We're not actually. You said it yourself. We're not playing a game. We're we're picking the best. We're ha- we're fielding the best possible. I think you can say Lane Johnson is one of the best uh, left tackles in this division, even if you're going to play him at left tackle. 
So I mean, like, but it's uh, not about that. Who, who's the best tackle? Who's the best year, tackle on the Eagles? That's my we've question. Done, it's Lane Johnson, and we've done left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Fine. Let me rearrange. This is how. The, isn't this how the all pro team works? Like, I know, but I'm I'm still. You're not taking just ten left tackles, and then you're putting one at right tackle. Who's taking ten? That's that's well, whatever the number, whatever the number is, four, okay, so two, me, or whatever. Give me one more second. Buy me time. Buy me. Buy me time for it's its own position. Like, buy me time. Buy me time different for things about the position. Okay. You I can't just I've, take anyone and move. I wave. I wave the white flag here. All right. I can't wait to um to post the All Star team on Threads and upset you about it. But okay, left tackle. So we're looking at the best left tackle specifically in the NFC East. Your talk. Uh, your thoughts. It has to be. Andrew Thomas. I mean, he's gotten a lot better since his bad rookie year. Um, still pretty young, too. So in theory, again, hasn't even necessarily hit his ceiling. I believe he was, I'm looking it up here. He was like, he's one of the top graded offensive tackles in the entire league. One of the top graded linemen. Um, yeah, Andrew Thomas was third last year among all offensive tackles actually only behind lane johnson at number two so i think it's andrew thomas i mean who else are we talking about here um jordan mylotta i think is good but is behind andrew thomas um uh charles leno is i think also a good player but certainly not ahead of either well you can argue mylotta but definitely not ahead of thomas and then you're talking about tyron smith or tyler smith i don't think you're taking either of those guys over andrew thomas at this stage especially again considering that andrew thomas is only 24 years old. I agree with most of this. Um, I think the who's the strongest case? I think the strongest, and again, like it depends how you play this game. And that's usually where our disagreements come from. Is like, are you forecasting for the future? Are you basing it off of last year? Because if you're if you know if you're basing it off of last year, I do think Tyler Smith has a strong case. And I certainly think Tyler over Smith has Andrew a, Thomas. Hang on. And I but I think the stronger case for Tyler at left tackle is forecasting into the future. Right, like who you want, but some of like what's hindered Tyler in in this particular game is that he's like moved around, right? And that's just like the way the Cowboys have needed him. So I, there's not enough of a sample size to like say he's there now. And again, that's where like I lean more towards like you know forecasting whatever. But now I'm I'm you know if we're gonna go like all stars whatever, I do think Andrew Thomas is the answer. So congratulations to him. Uh, the New York Giants. How about that? The so Giants. The Giants having an offensive lineman. When was the last time we had one of them on, on one of our all star teams? Uh, Sean O'Hara. Left guard. We are Left our guard. teams, I'm saying, actually. No, I know. Uh, I don't this, think it's happened. This has to be Tyler Smith, then. I mean, like, he he was sensational. That, like, now, see, like, this is what you wanted to do. You wanted to bake in a disadvantage against the Cowboys. You know he's not like, what he I is, wanted to do. He is by, by far the best option of all available players to really? play left guard. The fact that he's even in contention at left tackle really? is, is in and of itself an example. You're going to argue for Landon Dickerson, who you've hated who on for like a year last year. You're going to, you, you yourself said when I called him underrated, you were like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. Like, he kind of benefits from like playing for this team. Like, no, like, not this is bad. This is like, absolutely better than Tyler, Tyler Smith is one of the like, five best second year or linemen who are at least in their second year in the NFL. Like I mean, he is one of the, the, in every metric. I mean, pick one, like name one. No, you name one. You're I'm asking I, you I don't have access it. to PFS tackle grades or guard grades, but like, I know you do. And I know that Tyler Smith so is Lane highly ranked. Dickerson there. is at 15 and I'm looking for, so they're listing, I think 
because but of Tyler Smith different. didn't play guard last year. Again, this yeah. was the advantage you wanted to bake in to work against Tyler it's not Smith. An advantage. I mean, it it's is. Like, it's a disadvantage for Tyler Smith because he, he played guard so sparingly last year. Tyler Smith was 25th among the tackles. He had a so his grade was 73.3. And then you have Landon Dickerson, who was, and I'll, I don't know, these numbers are also, who cares? Uh, Dickerson was 72.1. So Tyler Smith has a slight edge in this. Now, this now these numbers are whatever. But well, I mean, the moment, PF, oh, no, I mean, a moment ranking, ago, it was like, what metric? What metric? Name a metric. And now it's okay, like, well, these so, numbers are whatever. So it's like point. What is what is 0.8 of a PFF grade mean to you? Like, how do you it's quantify a, it's that? It's objectively better. And so okay, that's why I said, like, that's why I said, he's, your question was, what metric is he better in? I provided that answer for you. Okay, and now, now you're mad at the metric. What? Was he a pro bowler last year? He wasn't a left guard last year. Again, okay. this was the disadvantage you worked okay. in There's to work against Tyler Smith. Of a no, proven that, pro bowl left guard last the, year. This is stupid. The answer, the best option. So you're telling me if you could take Tyler Smith right now to be the left guard <clears> for the Eagles over Landon Dickerson, you wouldn't. I would take Landon Dickerson. Why? Look, are, do you, are you just like forgetting Landon Dickerson's background? Like, you don't no, I'm not. I'm not sick. Like, this is the difference. Like, you're leaning on semantics. Alabama. You're leaning on some or leaning on semantics to keep Tyler Smith out of it when you know that he is objectively a better player, but he's a well, unique hybrid this? right now. I think Landon Dickinson has played at, at no, I don't think actually he has played at pretty much every position on the offensive line. And I think versatility is important as well. So I can make Tyler Smith played play. left tackle last year. That's the whole thing. Dickerson played point. has played <laughs> tackle, he's played center, and he's played guard. He's played all three. So no, he's actually more versatile than Tyler Smith is. Tyler Smith Tyler hasn't, playing hasn't been needed to play center. And again, he did it Neither as a Dickerson, rookie. but he can he, if he needs he to. Was a, and that's a more rookie valuable. Sensation. This is absolutely Tyler Smith. You got no. Saquon Barkley to be the running Why? back over Tony Pollard. Because this he's absolutely not Tyler coming Smith. off a massive knee injury and actually proving his volume. Uh, this, Tyler Smith is objectively, reliable. as you just proved, you just read the grades out yourself, a better lineman in this capacity, in this discussion, than Landon Dickerson. Yeah, and I'm a fan. I had Landon positions. Dickerson as the most underrated player on my. Well, list. then you're going against what you're saying. Then. No, I'm not. I'm leaning, on, I'm leaning on an objective grade. Again, you have no problem spouting off. You know, these grades when it comes to Demarcus Lawrence sucking or anything else. But now, now that it leans Tyler Smith over Landon Dickerson, the, foot, the shoe is on the other foot. Lawrence this grades is, out well. This That's is not, Tyler I Smith. I never used that against them. That's Maybe not, not him. But this is Tyler Smith. Congratulations. No, it's not. 73 the Dickerson. It is. You just proved it. If, if if you and I are split, we have to lean on something to be a, a tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker leans Tyler Smith. Here. I think the listeners should decide. I think the listeners are seeing you walk yourself back. That you don't want to. What face am I walking here. back now? Now it's just oh, these are just these numbers or whatever. No, a moment ago it was like no, what, what I metric? didn't say they're whatever. I, prov- I said I, provided, I don't know how to. You said what metric? I provided one. It favors Tyler Smith. Yeah, and I said Landon Dickerson. The jury has read the year. verdict. Center. Do we really have to waste time? Well, actually, let's do center and then we'll take a break. Center is really tough. Kelsey. That's the it's the end. yeah. Like, what else are you who, putting there? You can't. I mean, you can't the, say no one would say Biotis over Kelsey. No, Come on. Well, no one is going to say it, but I was going to answer like who's the competition or who's who would be second? It's probably Tyler, right? Just off of seniority, like the, you know what I mean. Like, but yeah, he's so not. Otherwise, you're talking about John Michael Schmitz, who's a yeah, complete like, unknown as a rookie, and then you're talking about um, who's even the who is. I mean, it's not Chase Rulli anymore, who no, recently retired, by the way. Um, yeah. It is. I'm looking at the commander's depth chart, and it is Nick Gates, who was actually formerly like a guard center I, for the Giants. So no. So if or it Ricky wasn't Stromberg, ob- maybe I think he's like a rookie. So if it wasn't obvious, left guard, it might be like the closest argument right now that we've had with Tyler Smith edging out Landon Dickerson. But the widest gap is clearly center, right? Like, can can you name a position we've done so far that has a wider gap between the player we picked and who might be second? No, right? It's it's clearly Jason Kelsey. 
I'm looking at okay. All right. Do you agree with that? I'm looking. Sorry, I'm looking at something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yes. Okay. 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 So congratulations to Jason Kelsey. Maybe you'll hop on our podcast. All right. Let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. back, Brandon. While we were gone, you told me who your preferred starter in Pokemon is and why. I We've talked about this before. And you get I know, but I couldn't think it. of anything else in the moment. I didn't want to ask a food thing. I've been asking food things a lot. So. Well, I'm not going to use the original one, like Bulbasaur, who I picked. Oh, well, that's uh, Charizard or... Charizard. Wow. Some... And it's Charmander. Um, Charmander and Squirtle. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I forget the... I forget the uh original version of it but uh the newest well, or one of the newer ones you've um, lost me sword and shield on for the switch okay uh i'm gonna go with the one that evolves into rillaboom uh i don't know what the original form of that is but i All really right. like oh from thwacky grookey grookey yeah grookey grookey is the one you pick it's like this little cute little monkey guy uh, i'll send a picture of it to you and I think you'll enjoy it very much. I'm sending it right now in Slack. Uh, and then that evolves into Rillaboom, who's like this really cool, tough-looking dude. So it's fun. Um, while you're sending that, I forgot to send the comparison thing. I do think this is really cool. Um, one second. I'm sending this right now. Uh, I just saw your image. Um, that looks like... I mean, that looks like if there was like a Pokemon monkey. Yeah, like that's it's cute. Looks like. Yeah. Um, so check, isn't that cool? Like what Stathead does now? What I just sent you? Um, I'm looking at it and yeah, okay. It's, it's like... Uh, it's convenient. Like it's an easier way to see that information. So. It looks like those misleading graphics you'll see on Instagram or whatever when someone's threads, making like an threads. insane comparison. Threads, not well, Instagram. whatever. All right, let's move on. Right guard. Um, so yeah, this is this might be the a similar argument for a biggest gap. With, with Jason, like who's the because, contender? Because 
Yeah, I mean, you're talking about um, Glowinski, right, from the Giants, who's just like just a guy, I would say. You're talking, mm-hmm. is he still on the team? I think so. Uh, yeah. You're also talking about, yes, he is. You're talking about on the Commanders. Um, man, we really do not know the Commanders. Uh, I mean, same I don't Cosby. think anyone's going to penalize you for not knowing who the Commanders starting right guard is on the top of well, the Well, who have they moved in from right tackle, Sam Cosme? And then you're talking about, we don't even know for the Eagles. It's either Cam Jurgens, who I think really doesn't belong at guard and is probably going to be a really good center. But I just kind of question if he can handle or hold up at guard, specifically as he's starting next to Jason Kelsey, who's already small. And then there's um, Tyler Steen, who's a rookie that the Eagles drafted, who might be the Eagles' right guard at some point. Um, So, yeah, it's no contest. It is Zach Martin. Right tackle. Uh, Well, actually, before we get to right tackle, Zach Martin's just like, it, like right now, I think that there are, if the like NFL ended today, there are two Hall of Famers in the NFCs actively. Jason Kelsey, I was wrong about that a long time ago. I'm fine admitting that now. Jason Kelsey and Zach Martin, right? Like, you said there he's are other... the most overrated player on the Eagles. I mean, well, look, he, I, I'm, I've been wrong. Like, I have no problem admitting when I was wrong. I was wrong about that. So, um, and I have now... let, in last year's thing, I have written down here in my notes, last year's All Star team, I wrote, Do you think Kelsey is a Hall of Famer, by the way? And I think we had to talk about it. I mean, well, obviously he like he, he had the like the massive like exclamation point season and like it helps him that the team had this. You know what I mean? Like like he he will now like also not that he's undeserving, but he will benefit from like the team success and narrative and things like that. And that's he's what would happen. Time pro like, bowler and five time all pro. Zach Martin is, is a Hall of Famer. But he, if the Cowboys were to have like a, if they lost the Super Bowl, right? like if they had an equally similar you know season to the Eagles last year. And they just they won the NFC like it would be an all the more like lock of his like case. You know what I'm saying? So like there are other players in the division that are on on trajectory to, to Hall of Fame careers. But as far as due to you can like bet on 100 percent right now, Zach Martin, except for 2020 when he missed time uh, due to injury. That's the only time he's missed like legit time. He's been an all pro pro bowler every single season. Like he's just the hallmark of consistency like he's the best player on the dallas cowboys that isn't micah parsons it's amazing so um this is his 10th nfl season though time flies in the nfl so uh right tackle so the contenders are lane johnson um terrence Steele. if the cowboys don't kick him to um obviously uh tyron smith in here but tyron smith in here I mean, if, he's, um, if they've played, like, if they, I don't think, I don't like the idea of just putting someone at right tackle if they've definitely never played it at all. But if, like, Tyron Smith, who has done that at least a little bit, I think that's fair. I think that's in the conversation. They, they have, Evan, have to at least realistically, like, been in this consideration at some point. Evan Neal um, is a contender, technically. No, he's and, not. Uh, <laughs> not after that. Well, I mean, I, well, if we're, if we're listing the entrants, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, sure. he's an entrant. Um, and I think we have our winner in Andrew Wiley because he surrendered zero sacks in the <laughs> nice. Super Bowl. So, very, very funny. Uh, um, he also anyway, had the fourth most sacks of the NFL last year. But how many did he, did he surrender in the Super Bowl that his team Well, won? when the field helped him, he had none. Mm, the coping is so off the charts. It's not anyway, really a cope. It's just um, like, watch the game. Like, it's a cope. I, it, it's it a was, cope. It wasn't. So here's the thing. The oh, field gosh. thing was not even oh, a hindsight take. Not. I was saying this during the game. While the Eagles were up 10 points at half, that the field was terrible and impacting their pass rush. While they were winning, mm. I was saying this. It is not a, like a hindsight sore loser thing. I was as saying opposed, it as they as were opposed winning to, the game. I was saying it as they the, were winning the game. As opposed to the Niners fans who didn't yeah, say a word about their quarterback situation during the, the title game. Who right. definitely had a lead and definitely mm. were yeah mm. ahead in that mm. game. Yeah, That's definitely the same situation. 
Anyway, the answer, I think Terrence Steele is an underrated right tackle, but you can be under also watered the field before the game, just like I think, the 49ers decided to block their, uh, the I think Terrence Steele is an underrated end. right tackle, uh, underrated player in general, but he's not better at right tackle than Lane Johnson. Um, so like this, this is absolutely Lane Johnson. Um, yep. I think a lot of times, this is obvious, but like a lot of times it's, it's super obvious how in the NFL, unless your quarterback is left-handed obviously but so lane johnson's managed to do that the answer is him um again i think second place is is terrence Steele, but he's still way too you know what's the opposite of long in the tooth like short in the tooth um he's still short in the tooth uh compared to lane johnson doesn't have the career resume i think you can make the case lane johnson is the eagles best player like he's their best overall talent um you just talked about like how valuable he is um i think he's been so consistent there he shuts down like I, I don't I forget the last time he's allowed a sack. It's been a long time. He hasn't allowed a sack in a really long time. He is as set it and forget it as he can be over there. And yeah, this idea like, OK, he plays right tackle. That's less valuable. Not true. He sees a lot of great edge rushers that go up against him as well. And he shuts them down. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, again, you can argue he is like their best player overall. So along those lines, Lane Johnson very recently said that Demarcus Lawrence is one of the best pass rushers that he faces on a regular basis. Yes. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think he goes up against multiple times mm. a year, and you're gassing up a division arrival, and also you're b- more biased mm. because he's faced him way more mm. times than he's faced any other pass rusher. Is that not true? How do you think he's wow. name the pass rushers that Lane Johnson has faced the most in his career, and Demarcus Lawrence is probably up there. Mm. the cope so is off the charts when you're episode. facing and also just, name the amount of times lane johnson uh has allowed a sack to demarcus lawrence it's like one the cope, time the cope is off the wow, charts one time congrats because there was a long stretch there where he hadn't allowed one at all we move on to the tight end position um so the contenders here if we're talking about just like the names involved year, i don't yeah, Dalton I, Schultz. embarrassing he had a he was coming off of an eight touchdown season last year where he and was tied for the team what were these like impactful plays I mean, like, like you he, can't, you'd he, be missing him so much. If he's he been incredibly him. productive. Like, I'm okay. So the contenders still are Logan Thomas uh, from the commanders. No, um, technically. Oh, well, again, I'm just laying out the names. Uh, I don't, I don't know who the contender is for the Cowboys. I really don't. Like, I don't know if it's Jake well, it's Ferguson. Be or, Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I'm just saying, I, I don't know who that is. Like, like that's a low key thing. Surrounding the Cowboys. Like, I, I, I don't know who, who, like, if we had to submit a player, I don't know who it would be for the Cowboys. You can combine um, this, them all together. It's still not This comes enough. down to Darren Waller or Dallas Goddard. Like, that's, look, from a conversational standpoint, that's what it is. The answer is Dallas Goddard. But, you know, if you believe that, you know, Darren Waller is going to be, like, unlocked again in New York, then maybe he has a better season. Like, I, I can't say, I know, and you can't either, that that possibility is is zero or doesn't exist um but as far as who they are right now certainly like careers to this point the answer is dallas got it. yeah i think it's possible that waller ends up having a more productive season but based on um recent track record and projection you know dallas got is entering his age 28 season here likely would have been a pro bowler last year if he was not rendered ineligible to be voted for because he was on ir which is dumb um and meanwhile you're looking at a potentially over the hill Darren Waller based on the fact that uh, his past couple seasons have not been as productive. Injury has been a factor in there Um, and he's entering his age 31 season. I don't know that the arrow is really pointing up on him so much. So yeah, you have to go with Goddard. Um, Yeah. I mean, the age thing isn't that big of a deal to me. Uh, 
like I think it is. It's three I years. Mean, it w- I know, but like I'm I, like you're making it sound like he's trash because he's 31 years old. Like I'm I'm not. Oh, it's not that. trash, but it's a combination of okay, his production has gone down. He's getting hurt a lot, and he's over 31. Like guys who are over 30 typically don't get more healthy. That's fair. Um, okay, so uh, to recap, because we're down to our final position group here, and we have three players to pick. Uh, quarterback of this team, Jalen Hurts, running back, Saquon Barkley, left or offensive line, left to right, Andrew Thomas, Tyler Smith, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, Lane Johnson, tight end Dallas Goddard. We have not a single Washington commander on this team. Well, we will. Uh, uh, well, we'll see about that. Wide receivers. Uh, so this one is the most, like, malleable to me. You know, like, I don't think, like, like, is there even like a true slot receiver in the division that you would say like only plays in the slot? You know what I mean? Like, so that's why I'm um, saying like I, I think for the purposes of this exercise, we just have to pick the three best receivers. I mean, Seedy kind of is based on last year. Like they used him. He's in the really slot productive out of the slot, but he doesn't. Yeah. you know, he's not like exclusive to it. You know I what agree. I mean? That's my but point. I, but I think he would be the guy that you would put there if you're just making. Because obviously, I think with this concept here, like you're not overthinking it. If you're like the GM of this NFC East all-star team. You're not like, oh, I need to find the best slot guy. No, you're not thinking that. You're just, give me the three best receivers and we'll make it work. These guys are so good that we can figure it out. My submission for the three best, because I think we're going to agree on maybe all of them, um, is AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Terry McLaurin. That's my submission. I think that's the only way you can like fairly do it because you can't, you can't leave McLaurin off. He has been elite and with like, you know, slop at quarterback. He has been really, really good. Uh, he was a big reason why the commanders were able to upset the Eagles last year. He had a great game um, and he's great. I mean, he's underrated from a, from the standpoint of, I think he, his numbers would be even better if he had at least a respectable quarterback to work with there. So he has to be on here. It also feels like you kind of have to have the commanders represented at some level. Uh, <laughs> this, this is, and, uh, this is the MLB all-star game where every team gets a, a representative. I mean, it's, it's not out of pity, <laughs> but it is like, it's a tiebreaker factor. If it's like between him and Devonte Smith, like, I think you have to give it to McLaurin. Um, I also think McLaurin has earned more benefit of the doubt than Devonte has, but it's close. It is, it is kind of a crime that Devonte gets left off here just because of, I think how good he is. Um, but it's, you have to have AJ, you have to have Terry. And I think you have to have CD. By the way, AJ Brown, second most yards per route run in the NFL. Or sorry, third most he was tied for third most routes yards he, per route run last year with uh Jalen Waddle. The only two receivers ahead of him were Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson. He was amazing. I mean, he he was I mean he picked up MVP votes like for a reason. Like he was stupid amazing. Um, I think this is probably and I think if we did this conversation or had this conversation for every division, I think this would be true. Like, this is the most loaded, right? Like, even though it was easy to come to a consensus three, like, we could we could talk about Devontae Smith. We could talk about Brandon Cooks. Um, if you're, like, really stretching, you can start to talk about Jahan Dotson. You can start to talk about Michael Gallup. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and, you know, Gallup has some some more NFL experience. And, you know what I mean? Jahan Dotson's still young, still coming off his rookie season. Like, there's just a lot of really, really good wide receivers in the NFL right now. Um, Brandon was cutting out. I think he might be back. Is Brandon back? Are you back? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. While you, while Brandon was out, he uh, sent me a message that said Dak is his favorite player in the NFL. Uh, but, um, but yeah, like there's just a lot of amazing receivers in the NFL. It, it would, like, I think it would be difficult to pick three in any division. You know what I mean? Like even the divisions, like even the NFC South, like that division stinks, right? Like it, this isn't an NFC South mixtape, but like you could very easily get to three wide receivers without breaking a sweat. Um, yeah, it's it's a great group. I think AJ is your wide receiver one from this. Like, I think if you if you tell me who's oh getting gosh. the most targets, whatever you need to feel you, tall, Brandon. Do you, do you so not you can, think that you way? You can be taller than six foot five. 
I think that if you're talking about who's getting the most targets on this team, I think it would be AJ. Now, obviously, I think all of them are getting a lot. It's not like he's getting by far and away the most, but I think. Okay, well, AJ most. Brown's target share is coming out of Dallas Goddard's. So there you go. I mean, that's, I don't think Goddard's meant to be in this team specifically like your volume guy as much as he's supposed to be an efficient option, which kind of is for the Eagles as well. Uh, I mean, he is volume too, but it's not like he's behind AJ and, and he's also behind Devontae. Um, keep talking. I'm counting what we have. So we have, we have. I think, keep, I think keep talking, way, keep talking. Don't, don't spoil it. Keep talking, please. Keep talking. The way we do it is we'd have AJ and Terry, I think on the outside, uh, AJ is kind of your, um, X receiver, uh, Terry McLaurin's Z is our vertical guy. And then, uh, obviously you're using these guys in all kinds of ways, but in, just as a general kind of concept. And then I think CD, we would use CD in the slot here. Um, so all told, I have done the math for the 2023 NFC East oh, yeah, All-Star already team offense. The Philadelphia Eagles have five players. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Should Cowboys have three. Six, but the New sure. York Giants, again, you know, if you want to be petulant about this, it's up to you. I'm, I'm not going to be petulant. The Dallas Cowboys have three, including Tyler Smith, who rightfully and objectively earned his spot. The New York Giants have two, and the Washington Commanders have the lone representative, Terry McLaurin, all by his lonesome, but still did make the team. Um, this was a good group. Who was the second closest commander to make the list, do you think? If you're looking up and down the roster here, would it be Brian um, Robinson? I think you could I, make a case for – I think it hmm. would be – like, it's not close, but it might be Jahan Dotson. Like, I was going to say, actually, the, yeah, Dotson he, might be. He might, he might be the second closest, and the third would maybe be Brian Robinson. Like, if, if hmm. you're – you know, if you're really kind of stretching and talking about, like, you know, I have I have doubts about Saquon, I have doubts about Pollard or whatever. Like, he – I mean, they're – it's it's a tough it's a tough scene there. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. Robinson has the best chance to make it next year, I would say. As in addition, Ooh. like in oh. terms of like commanders who aren't on the list this year. Let's just play this game very Him quickly. And Let's play this game very quickly. Who from each team that isn't on the team this year has would you say has the best chance? Like the best chance of the players not on the team this year to be on the team next year. For the mm-hmm. Eagles, it's Devontae Smith, right? Yeah. It's easily unless you want to go Landon Dickerson. Um it's Devontae Smith. For the Cowboys, I think it's Dak Prescott. If you know, if you play the like regression game, whatever, blah blah, like Dak has a chance to be the quarterback of the division next year. And for the Giants, I think it'd be Waller. Yeah, Waller, and we already said the Commanders. Wow. Uh, well, it's that time, Brandon, um, to pick or to add songs to the NFC East mixtape playlist. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm gonna go with. Well, something. wait on. Rachelle sent her songs. We said this at the beginning of the week. Um, and it was very kind of her to send both ahead of time. Uh, so Rachelle's song submission for this week, this is a great song. She uh, is adding, I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Yeah, it's a banger. Have you ever danced to that song? Not a big dance guy. I don't believe you. Too big. Can't do it. I'm going to hurt someone. I'm going like, to okay. elbow someone in the face okay. accidentally. Okay. Six foot five, dancing on the dance floor. Um, okay. What song do you want to add? So we've got Rachelle's. I'm add... Another heavy song, really going heavy. I had something else in mind earlier this week, but then I just so happened to hear a song that I had been reminded about, and it's been in my head. I listened to it earlier today. We're going to go with Duality by Slipknot, another very heavy add to the playlist. Um, this playlist is... I'm feeling it. This playlist is turning into something special. Um, really okay, so I have talked about adding a song from this artist before. Um, but we're recording this in advance because I'm traveling to California. So I really wanted to add like a California type vibe type song. Um, obviously Rachelle added, um, 
uh, she, California shattered, Love. Yeah, she added California Love. Um, I thought about going California Girls by Katy Perry, but again, I, this when I think of California, I, so I have seen very few concerts. You're a heavy concert goer. I have been to maybe. I mean, I wouldn't say heavy. I go to like, a few a year. Would you say you've been to like 20 concerts in your life? Is that fair? Like, I mean, maybe over the course of my life. That's what I'm saying. I think I've been to three concerts in my mm. life. Um, okay. And so on I would say specific- I'm an average concert goer. Right, right. Okay. Well, compared to me. So I have, it's been very, Replacement very few. level concert goer. One concert I went to, if you want to call it that, was, um, so we're going to San Diego. I've been to San Diego once before, and it was in 2004. And my cousin, Jeremy, and I, we went to, uh, one day, we went to Warp Tour san diego oh well um it was i mean at the time i don't think i fully grasped what warp tour was um but uh anyway uh we saw yellow card there it was super cool like to see yellow, like and not really kind of understand who they were at the time um so i've talked about adding a song from yellow card before and i thought about going ocean avenue because it was like you know you've said this before i know that's just like should i add the like should i add the like the like cliche yellow card song uh but i don't want to do that i want to be a little bit more off the beaten path uh so i'm going to go with the song 23 by mm. yellow card it is one of mm. their more underrated songs from the ocean avenue album i, um, I know that hmm. it is a very very good song um so deep uh, cut. yeah uh congratulations to us we did it we pulled off all the episodes this week thanks to jimmy for joining us uh, everybody can go back and listen to the dumpster fire episode uh and everybody can make sure to follow brandon on threats because he's super excited about it so you said you were excited to see yellow card right at the warp tour um i don't think like I don't think I really cool. knew who they were. Like, I mean, I was also like 15. Well, or four, I was 14 at the time. So you wouldn't be so excited to see yellow card if you were like, you know, watching Manchester United play or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. That was good. Come on. I liked uh, it. Everyone liked it. <laughs> if you liked it, drop a comment <laughs> in the YouTube section and tell me that you liked that. <laughs> Um, I like I had to really think about that for a long time. Like I was like, I was like, is there like a controversy that I don't know? Like, did they play, you know, in in Manchester? Like, was there like a situation or something? Like at, the, at that concert? Like I was so lost. Um, wow. Um, that was good. All right, well done, uh, Brandon. As we leave, please. Um, tell us. Um. Tell us three things you like the flavor of, but not the Ooh. food. Mango. That's definitely one. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't say I'd say I would say I like the flavor more than the food. I'm not okay. That, that's just, fine. I'll accept yeah, that too. Yeah, that's cool. That's more. Um what else? Um probably I mean like the fruit ones are easy to go with, right? Um, yeah, like cherry I don't, cherry as well. I'm not like a big, I, I don't like cherry yeah. the fruit, except for the, cherry like, the tart ones, but like everyone mostly people have like the kind of more bland ones. Yeah. And what else do we have here? I'm thinking about fruits. Um, do you have one? Can you help me out with a third? I was going to say cherries. Um, I I have an opposite one. I love grapes, but I don't like grape flavored anything. Mm. Like, like, I yeah, disagree with that. I like yeah, both. Well, okay. Mm, um, I like banana flavor and bananas. I like... Mm. Oh, well... Mm. I think I like watermelon and the fruit more than the flavor. Mm-hmm. You can All do right. this. Did you have a third? No, it's hard to think of. I'm trying to think of like fruit flavors. How about this? I got one. How about sour apple? Like nobody likes sour apples. You know what I mean? But, I like, like sour apple a, everything. But that's a really popular flavor. That's what I'm saying. Like, but do you ever eat sour apples? Like actually, like a Granny Smith, like the green apple. Yeah, I do. I like that. I like the flavor more than the. Fruit, okay, then that that's then fair. that counts. That's count. They're okay, both good, but I like the the flavor more. Yeah. 
All right, give us three words. Bye.